right, folks. It's another live stream. We have some interesting data to look at today. But before I dive into exactly this data here, I'm just going to give it just a little bit more time and play with this singing bowl that my apartment has, which is nice. But this is the most unusual Schumann Resonances data that I have ever seen out of the Space Observing System. This is out of Tomsk, Russia. And I can pull up Google Earth right here. Why not? I'll show you where this is. Actually, this will be useful for later in the stream when we talk about the Schumann Resonances in general. But this is the most unusual data I've ever seen. And in this video, we are going to break down the possible reasons why we're seeing this here because this is, you could say, breaking news right now in the Schumann Resonances world, the Earth energy realm, uh, all those over the spiritual realm, the awakening realm. Uh, a lot of people watch these energetic layers and a lot of people use the space deserving system in particular to do so. So when this pops up, it's a big, whoa, what is this? Um, so we're going to, yeah, we're going to look at this data and really zoom into it. Oh man, can't, I can't zoom into it. Um, I do have a bookmark for it. So let me turn on my bookmarks really, here we go. Okay, there we go. There's the full screen data. Um, <clears throat> I had to dig into the source code for this. But we're going to dive into the reasons why this is looking like this. Uh, go over the possibilities and give everything fair treatment. Because none of us really knows what's happening here, but there are some principles that we can stand to, that we can stick with to understand this. So I know a lot of you are eager to have me talk about this. I've had a lot of comments on my latest video um, discussing this. I did release a, um, a post on this right after it happened. So for example, you could go to my post right there, or rather you could go to my channel. And, uh, if you go to community, you'll see these posts. And I made that right when this happened. I had some people email me. So if you missed that, click the notification bell and enable notifications for my channel, whatever you want to do. Um, but there are a few possibilities as to what's happening here. The first possibility is that this is a crazy energy stream, unlike anything we've ever seen before uh, in the Schumann Resonances, that zero to 40 plus hertz background electromagnetic spectrum. This is light energy. And we're going to talk about what the Schumann Resonances are for some beginners or newbies that are here. Welcome to my channel. My name is Stefan. For everyone that's a regular, uh, welcome back. And we will go into this. Some of my videos have been popping off, like how to read Schumann Resonances data. So I know that there's some new people here, and that is great because you are about to enter into a very interesting um, <clears throat> world and realm of understanding about our planet and our consciousness and our health and wellness and our spiritual growth and evolution. Uh, and these are kind of a portal into it. Uh, so this could be an insane energy pattern that we're seeing. Or perhaps it's something like HARP or an ionospheric heater, a geophysical weapon, perhaps. Or maybe it's a technical glitch. And we'll go through all those and 
uh, just outline the possibilities with all of them. So to start, this is not normal. And this, if you're new, you might not necessarily know what normal is. You can see a little bit of data here on the left. Uh, this is <clears throat> basically a spectrogram of um, electromagnetic data showing the intensity. So the white is more intense, blue is less intense, less powerful, less strong. And you see the frequency here, zero to 40 Hertz. And then this is our time axis. So this is time in Tomsk, Russia. But to really give you perspective of what the differences look like, uh, here's some data from this winter. You can see it's December 28th, the 27th, 29th of 2022. This was when the Northern Hemisphere was tilted away from the sun during solstice. So you can see Tomsk was like in this shadow area. And what happens during the Northern Hemisphere winter is that the Schumann resonances get pretty weak. So you can see that they're very, very weak here, mostly blue. This is my deep blue video. And you can see the Schumann resonances there. So that's our 7.8 hertz foundational mode, 14 hertz, 20, 25. We even see a little faint trace of 33 hertz there, and that's about it. Now, we can look at some more normal Schumann resonances data with this data set here and uh, without the line. Here you can see that 7.8 hertz, 14 hertz, 20, 25, and just a little bit at 33. And you can see how they resonate and are stable over time. So they have higher intensity than these other frequencies, except when you get random electromagnetic bursts from unknown sources. Here we have a spheric that's created by lightning strikes interacting with the ionosphere. Uh, some more spherics there. Some interesting background data sometimes shows up. And that's why people are uh, really wondering what the heck is happening here because this is unlike anything we've ever seen. This is not just a few resonances. You can see this is like three hertz and this is actually shifted up to like seven or six and a half hertz. This is not the normal Schumann resonances pattern. Now, what are the Schumann resonances? Let's do a little quick animation. Many of you have probably already seen this before. This is from NASA, brilliant animation showing just effectively kind of what the Schumann resonances are. You have a lightning strike and it creates these extremely low frequency light waves. So these have wavelengths similar or equal to the circumference of the Earth. And what happens is because they um, don't attenuate that quickly, they hold on to their energy. They resonate with the Earth. And this waveguide, you can see that they propagate and survive and uh, do very well. They don't die out like other frequencies that might interact with the planet or like your cell signal, for example, which is such a high frequency, it attenuates out in just a couple hundred meters. Uh, 5G, that's why there's so many 5G cell towers, because it attenuates so quickly. So, uh, but this doesn't die out normally. The Schumann resonances don't die out. They are ever persistent. Uh, that is, we discovered them in the 50s uh, and just based on some basic geophysics and uh, light physics, optical physics, it's likely that they existed since the um, really the beginning of the Earth and it having an atmosphere and an ionosphere. And actually, the ionosphere was further out, uh, hypothetically, at the formation of the Earth. So the Schumann resonances would have been a um, what would it be? It would be a lower frequency uh, as a result. But this right here is very very odd. So what we're seeing is like these harmonic patterns and rhythms and um, I mean you could it almost looks like some sort of like light code or something but the thing to know with the Schumann resonances is that because they are global 
if we are having some sort of large global shift in the Schumann resonances, like we are seeing here, then they would show up like this at other monitoring stations. This is just a single monitoring station out of Tomsk, Russia. So if we look at Open uh, VLF Open Lab, they have a number of monitoring stations here. I put these links in my video description. Some of you don't see that, I guess, and you ask comments of where I get this data. Well, this is where I get the data. Here is that right sidebar where you can access these different observatories. So we have Cumiana, Italy, which is popular right now with a few different groups. We have, let's say, France, and let's look at Canada. So we can go to our Cumiana, Italy data there. There's observation station. They have this long antenna there to capture vertical field information. And then they also have uh, uh, horizontal magnetometer coils there to capture the magnetic data. And if we look at our um, Schumann resonances just for the past eight hours here, we do see some activity. This could be industrial. This could be weather-based. Uh, but we don't see that crazy harmonic pattern. Uh, that's clearly not visible in this data here. And if we look here, we don't see the harmonic pattern going. I mean, if we go back, this is from 4 to 18 and 4. So that is uh, about... 30, 30 hours or so of uh, really insane data out of the space observing system. And we don't see 30, outer, 30 hours of that type of data out of Cumiana, Italy. What about the observation station in France? Well, we do. this is a 0.2 to 4 hertz. So if we go to our 0 to 50 hertz, we don't see that rhythmic pattern. We do see some activity in the magnetic field out of France. Of course, a lot of these areas are electropolluted. The reason why we like the space observing system is because it doesn't have that much electropollution from the power grid, etc. But we're not seeing that rhythmic pattern. If we go to Canada, this is a nice observation station. Not that much noise, as you can see here. Past uh, This is the past eight hours, and no rhythmic pattern. So because the Schumann resonances are that global phenomenon created from lightning strikes, there's about 100 lightning strikes every single second around the globe, and it creates light across a wide range of frequencies, all the way from near zero hertz all the way up into the gamma ray band. But the Schumann resonances are the ones that persist because they resonate with the Earth. The foundational mode is equal to the circumference of the Earth at about 40,000 kilometers. So it has this natural resonance. Um, so I don't think it's likely that this is some uh, you know, dramatic change in the background electromagnetic spectrum. But that does not mean I don't think it's significant. And we're going to go into that later. But I, I do want to clarify, I don't think that this is any unusual change. Twenty This this website, the Space Observing System website, sosrff.tsu.ru, was down for about 24 hours before all of a sudden this showed up. So I don't know what was happening with them. I have had email communication with them before, but uh, they haven't gone back to my most recent email asking for more information, things of that nature. So I've done what I can. Uh, we have had blackouts before in the past. Uh, we can look here. Uh, where is that blackout uh, graphic? We can look here and we can see that there was a long blackout in September, multiple, multiple days, and people were calling this like the, the resurrection of Christ and a whole bunch of things. Uh, and guess what? Life continued on. It was not the reckoning. Uh, but this station does every now and then have some technical glitches, it seems. Um, so that is 
one possibility as well that we'll explore a little bit more. Uh, but another possibility is that perhaps this is some sort of uh, harp energy um, result, and that can be very localized. So you could have the Schumann resonances pulsating normally in, let's say, Canada or Italy, France, those places that we checked, but maybe there is some ionospheric heating experiments that are being done, and that's altering the Schumann resonances locally in Tomsk, Russia, and that's what we're seeing. And that there is, you know, this is an odd pattern. What is this pattern here? Like, what? why does it look like this? Uh, it's, it's, there's this clearly some sort of order in what we're seeing here. So uh, there is harp, and we'll go into harp just a little bit to understand why perhaps, or why not perhaps, that this is related to harp. Harp is a high-frequency active auroral research program. This was first started up in the 90s, uh, maybe even a little bit before that, they started to play with ionospheric heating. Here is what HARP looks like. This is a, specifically, there's different HARP heaters. So you can see that there's different ones here. This is in Alaska, and then there's Norway has a few, Russia has some. And actually the one in Russia is located near Tomsk, uh, which is interesting. And But this is what it looks like. It's a whole bunch of antennas, and they shoot out uh, high-frequency electromagnetic radiation, and they beam it up in like, a like a flashlight almost. They beam it up to the ionosphere, which we can see here. They beam it up to the ionosphere, create a disturbance in the ionosphere. They ionize it to an even greater degree. They change the electromagnetic potentials of the ionosphere. And then that shoots waves, electromagnetic waves, up past the ionosphere and into uh, the, along the magnetic field lines into the radiation belts which then causes electrons and ions in the radiation belt to precipitate downwards into the ionosphere, and that changes the ionosphere uh, even further, which then has an ability to alter the Schumann resonances. So we can look here, and we can see HARP there in Alaska heats up this region. There's some reflectance there off the ionosphere, but then these injected waves can go all the way up, way outside of the you know near-Earth zone. I mean, this is, what, 1.5 Earth radii away, 2 Earth radii away in this graphic. And then they can even uh, be picked up again at a different point on the globe. So there is uh, some people that believe that HARP is a geophysical weapon that can be used to induce earthquakes and things of this nature. And that's, I made a video on that. You can watch that. Look for this thumbnail there on my channel page. Um, and I'm not saying that's not possible. Uh, we will get into the nuance a little bit more. But HARP fundamentally, the, these ionospheric heaters, fundamentally alter the ionosphere, are able to change the actual radiation belt um, ion flux density, cause that energy to flow back towards Earth, and as a result, alter the Schumann resonances and other energetic layers of the planet. So HARP is very, very interesting. It's also very concerning, I think. I don't think we should be doing any sort of experiments like this. One thing for you to know is that we've actually been doing this type of geophysical manipulation to the planet since we've had uh, widespread power grids because the the magnetic fields that come off of the power grids pulsing at 50 hertz in Europe and Asia or 60 hertz 
in North America and South America, they also will go up and cause a precipitation of electrons. And there is evidence from the early 1900s and then beyond showing that uh, thunderstorm activity increased dramatically once power grid densities increased because we were precipitating more electrons out of the radiation belts. And unfortunately, we don't have uh, data on the radiation belts from before then. So we really don't know what they looked like beforehand. But this is effectively a visualization of what's happening with HARP. Um, this is lightning strikes, but HARP does the same thing. It shoots these waves up into the radiation belt, and then that causes electrons and ions to precipitate down, and it can be directed to different parts of the globe, uh, depending on the angle and the frequency and all these things. And then what happens with um, normal like lightning strikes here on Earth is that that sweeps energy out of the zone called the L slot, which is in about 2.5 Earth radii away. So that's an area of low energy uh, density. And then we have the, the first radiation belt there, the second one, sometimes there's three. They can change and move and shift position. Uh, so lightning strikes do that. Uh, but HARP also does that uh, as well. And remember, lightning strikes are created by, or the Schumer resonances are created by lightning strikes. So there is a huge connection between all these different things. Lightning strikes, Schumer resonances, the radiation belts, the ionosphere, to alert currents, consciousness. It gets uh, pretty, pretty, pretty wild. So HARP has been shown to alter the Schumann resonances. Uh, there's some data here where they pulse the higher frequency wave that they use to heat up the ionosphere at like 3.04 megahertz or um, 4.57 megahertz, but they pulsed it at a Schumann frequency. They pulse at 8 hertz. So you can see here this big spike in 8 hertz energy, but you can see that this is in seconds right there. This is only in seconds. So this is was a very, very quick uh, increase. Or uh, No, this is frequency here, uh, but this is um, one minute duration. So this is a one minute snapshot that we're looking at. You can see that this power spectral density plot shows a big increase in 8 hertz energy uh, as captured by a Schumann resonances monitoring coil uh, that was located at HARP, but it this is just a one minute time span. If HARP is not active, it's not altering Schumann resonances and it's just altering them locally. So I don't think that what we're seeing here is HARP, though you can certainly share your thoughts and opinions and beliefs in the live chat. I'll get to some questions. We'll do a Q&A at the end of this video. So if you have any questions, please hold off on those. Um, or you can ask them, and maybe someone else, one of my other viewers who's uh, pretty knowledgeable on this can help you out. Uh, I can't do everything at once. I'm just going to keep going with this. But this is a very unusual pattern, and that is one little bit of evidence for the fact that it could be HARP because it is like this synchronous kind of rhythmic pattern, and that's what they do with HARP is that they use these different uh, rhythms and pulse frequencies and everything when doing their ionosphere heating experiments. But if it is HARP, then it is either A, the fact that Russia is running their, um, their ionospheric heater that's located near Tomsk, and perhaps that, that conjunction point is centered over Tomsk right now for some reason, um, or it's some sort of like other energy weapon or geophysical weapon. It's hard to say. Uh, but to put a little bit of context to this, we're going to compare the relative energies between a lightning strike and some of these other 
um, geophysical weapons or geophysical modulating technologies, let's call them, that have been employed by Russia and the U.S. So a lightning strike has um, a normal, like an average lightning strike is 300 million volts and 30,000 amps, and that equals 9 million megawatts. So it's very, very strong. 9 million megawatts is a single lightning strike, and there's about 100 on average every single second. Now, the Russian woodpecker, the Duga radar that they installed in Ukraine at near Chernobyl, it was so powerful it needed the, uh, the thermonuclear plant in Chernobyl. They also installed two other Dugas in Russia. They had a whole bunch of these, and I visited this. This is my photo here. Um, this ran at 10 megawatts. And you see these are huge. You could like stand inside that cage there to put that into context. And this is already partially dis like disassembled, uh, but still like half a kilometer long or a kilometer long. It's ridiculous. And they use this supposedly to track missiles, you know, to track a intercontinental ballistic missile coming from the United States. But what happened is actually jammed up uh, radio stations and potentially was altering consciousness and causing... Uh, electromagnetic health problems for the areas that it was targeting. So, yeah, that, that was a concerning um, endeavor by the Russians back in the 70s and 80s. I don't think it was in the 60s. It might have started late 60s. Uh, but then we have HARP here at 3.6 megawatts. So if we're looking uh, and comparing these, uh, these different energetic... Um, Vehicles, or whatever you want to call them, lightning strike again is 9 million megawatts, and the Duga radar was 10 million, and HARP is 3.6, or the 10 megawatts, and HARP is 3.6 megawatts. So, dramatic difference in how strong these are doesn't mean that these don't have any effect and that they're insignificant, but just to put into context, a lightning strike is much, much, much stronger. We're having them all the time, and they produce those Schumann waves. So a lightning strike isn't going to create a rhythmic pattern like this, but lightning strikes are what create the power intensities that we see here on the Schumann resonances, and these are well above the normal power densities. If I duplicate this and then I go back, we can actually check out our amplitude data here. We can see that the amplitude for mode 1 is out by like 190, uh, mode 2, 68. I mean, it just totally broke the scale there. So... What I think is likely is that we're seeing some sort of technical glitch and that this is a like a calibration experiment. Someone on my channel mentioned that. Um, but it is a little odd that they're running this for so long and that some of these, uh, if this is, let's say, a technical calibration that they're running, some sort of uh, program, why they would broadcast it on the website when the website was down before? Why don't they just keep it down while they're doing this? That's odd. And then, two, um, the time duration of these are really long. I mean, this is like a four, about four, three, four hour long, like, you know, this little line right there, increase there. And we see these, uh, these rhythms that are multiple hours long. And that would be, and then we see this different pattern there. We see all these different patterns. So I feel like it is a calibration experiment, but whatever it is, it's nothing I've ever seen before, nothing anyone has ever seen before, I believe, out of the space-observing system.
But again, we're not seeing it here in Kumiana. We're not seeing it here in um, France or Canada. There's also Schumann Residences data from the HeartMath Institute, but the reason I'm not showing it uh, until now is because it's not live. You can see that they have about a two-day delay in their data. So June 16th is the most recent. And actually, we do see some interesting data here out of uh, Lithuania on the, uh, yeah, this is number three, GCI 003. Yeah, Lithuania. Interesting data out of Lithuania. So, uh, yeah, this story is evolving, you could say. I don't precisely know what's happening. I'm just going through all the different possibilities for you, but we are seeing some odd stuff. I'm actually located right next to Lithuania right now. I'm live uh, from Warsaw. So, uh, and I have to say, this leads me to kind of like my final point with all this, which is that just because this may be some sort of maybe calibration, though I'm not 100% positive that it is a calibration. It could be some sort of weird energy thing. Russians have done lots of crazy stuff before, so I cannot discount that. Uh, I do still find significance in this. I don't believe in coincidences, and uh, I, I, for example... Uh, I think that sometimes the universe will give you a signal in a way that is unexpected. I think the Earth works like this too. We think of the Earth as just being like kumbaya and like going outside and earthing, but the entire internet is hosted on the Earth. And it's not like the Earth is not also part of our technological grid and everything. So like my own personal stories, when I first made a video on the Schumer Residences back in February 20. Uh, 21, it just kind of sat there for a while. I don't even know how I found out about them in the first place. I went to school for geology, went into the field as a geophysicist. When I found out about them somehow, uh, I don't remember precisely when, I thought they were fascinating, made a video on it, and then that video blew up on YouTube, and that was my sign from the universe, I feel like, to really look into the Schumann Residences more. So there's, there's interesting ways that the Earth gives signals and information to people. That's what I believe. And one example of this is uh, the gamma ray burst that happened on, a really good example, on uh, October 9th of 2022. This was on the Aries full moon. And 2.4 billion light years away, there was a massive release of electromagnetic radiation uh, it was the strongest gamma ray burst that we've ever seen, and it's thought to be a once in a 10,000 year event. So, of course, we haven't been measuring this for that long, but uh, just it, it completely broke the scaling and the charts that they use for gamma ray bursts. They didn't think these types of energetic releases were possible at that scale until they measured GRB 221009. And um, it's interesting that it happened on the Aries full moon because Aries is all about like that innate initiation creation energy. Uh, it was exact on that full moon. And I found that highly significant because, okay, it did have an energetic effect on the Earth. It was able to ionize the atmosphere and actually create some telluric currents in the ground. So even though it's 2.4 billion light years away, and this energy, of course, spreads out and dissipates. It was still so powerful that it was able to ionize our upper atmosphere and create electric currents in our Earth's surface. So if you're Earthing on that day, you got that download. But I think the download also comes in the fact that you were an observer of the event to begin with. You went, it's a one or zero. Did you know of it? Did you not know of it? 
and it's kind of like a, a momentary uh, flicker of a light. And if you see the flicker, then you see the flicker. And maybe that lined up with something significant for you on your on that day. I know that I, I had a significant event happen to me on that day just a couple hours after this happened um, and the whole Aries full moon. Uh, so I think that the universe can send a signal sometimes in non-direct energetic routes uh, because if you were to be, let's say, near this, you just get completely vaporized. But to see it 2.4 billion years later uh, and to get that yes-no flicker that, you know, is on, that off to on, I think uh, accomplishes that goal. So when it comes to something like this, um, I do find this significant because I've had a uh, very interesting past 24 hours at a really, really uh, significant dream last night. Uh, crown chakra activations all last night. It's the Gemini new moon. We have solstice just in about three days. And I'm having a lot of different uh, rhythms and synchronicities happen to me right now. And for me personally, this is um, something I can discuss to a large audience and uh, connect to a lot of people that way. So while this may be a calibration or a technical glitch or something, this is also providing the opportunity to share and educate on the Schumann Resonances and to connect uh, a larger community together and uh, many, many things. So this may be significant for you. And if it is, then I do not discount that. I think that um, sometimes uh, things happen for odd reasons. For example, I went to the restaurant today and I sat down and they did not serve me. They just like completely ignored me and forgot about me. And then I, I told the waiter, I was like, hey, what's the deal? Like I've been sitting here for a while. You helped this other table out. And then he's like, okay, well, are you ready? And I didn't like the feeling of it. I was like, no, I don't like this. I don't like the energy. I'm out of here. So I left. I went to the park. And then at the park, I met two wonderful people that was like super crazy uh, resonant energy with them. Uh, you don't often meet spiritual people that understand this stuff. And that happened. And if I had stayed at that restaurant, I would not have met them. If I had not listened to my intuition, uh, if those people hadn't snubbed me, so I think that there are uh, little hints the universe gives you, and this right here is a significant event. Whether or not it's a calibration, uh, you know, perhaps it's some sort of a geophysical test or something by the Russians or some other group, though I don't think that's the case, and I, I, I don't think it is a change in the background electromagnetic field because we have the data here for other Schumann Residences observation stations. So if there's anything that you can leave with this video, it's that... Um, that is most likely not the case because it is a global energetic field. Now, to wrap up before the Q&A, I just want to share that I released also another big thing that happened today was I released my video on water uh, energetic infusion. And I talk about the quantum dynamic properties of water. And this, I would say, is probably one of the most important videos I've ever made and released. So please watch this video after this live stream. Uh, this can change your life. And I don't, <laughs> I don't say that lightly. Uh, but after learning about the quantum dynamic properties of water, the quantum physics of water, um, and hydrogen bonding, and nanostructures, and coherency domains, and learning how you can put energy and information of your choosing, of your conscious choosing, into your water, and then incorporate that, incorporate that into your biology, and your morphogenetic field, and how that can change your health and wellness, your consciousness, and your 
spiritual growth and your perception of reality, um, this is this is one of the most important things uh, I can I can teach about, uh, and also one of the most important things I've started doing that I've seen huge benefits from. So please check this video out. The link is in the video description. And with that, I will go to the Q and A really quickly. Let's pull up the chat. Uh, I see. Okay. Um, okay. So if you want to all start asking questions, now's a good time. I will look back a little bit. Um, I am here for a couple of days, Dante. So if you want to meet up, reach out to me through my website, Wild Free Organic. Yes, I think everything is fine. Uh, and, you know, a lot of you are bioelectrically sensitive. So um, if you haven't been feeling it, unless you have like local electromagnetic activity in your area, then that is kind of your compass, right? Um, and if you have been feeling stuff, then it's possibly from the Gemini new moon, the new moon that we've been having, some of the space weather. Uh, or you want to make sure this is not like self-created placebo, right? Because if you're giving yourself electromagnetic sensitivity, then uh, that is not good. Uh, Patricia, what can we do to counter any negative effects? Uh, earthing is one of the number one things. Um, earthing is really, really great because it grounds your bioelectric system to the earth and normalizes circadian rhythm and a whole bunch of things. Um, so that is what I would recommend. The first thing I recommend, the water infusion too can really help. Say, make a, just drink some water, some good spring water, let's say a cup of tea, coffee, whatever, and say I infuse this with stability and you know healing and complete regeneration and that will happen. Um, 1.30 a.m., depends on where you are, violet flame, but that could have been the new moon because the new moon was at 1.37 uh, oh, it's, yeah, 1.37 a.m. for uh, Eastern Standard Time or some, somewhere around there. Uh, or sorry, it was um, it was one. I know it, it was it was basically uh, very late night for the Eastern Seaboard, uh, evening for West Coast, and then very early morning for the uh, for Europe. And that's why I find this dream that I had so significant because it happened exactly with the new moon. Um, Take potassium iodide. There are some good uh, suggestions in here. Uh, bless your food too. I, I, I love that. I do that with almost every meal. Um, I think that's really powerful. I and mean, that's because food contains a lot of water. So uh, that is also a way to explain what's happening there. Um, and... <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you all tuned in for this uh, live stream. If I, you had told me that I would have a community like this two years ago, that I could just jump on a live stream and uh, have you all join in. And, uh, you know, you are some of the best people. I mean, just sending constant blessings, and I'm sending constant blessings to you. So I'm so thankful to have all of you uh, in my sphere and to be able to share energy with you. I think... Uh, who you surround yourself with is so, so important. I was thinking about this today, and I'm thankful for all the people that uh, jump into my um, my channel, my comments, and everything that I can share energy with. Hello, Lynn. Good to see you. Yes, Celtic sea salt is amazing. I was just in Iceland. I bought some uh, Nordic sea salt there, and it's incredible. It's so good. You can just put a pinch of that in your water. Uh, that's a great way to get your electrolytes. You don't need to do something like snake juice or anything. Uh, if you're fasting, for example, you can just do a little bit of Celtic sea salt. Uh, that is some of the best, but there's also like the Nordic sea salt and um, 
Yeah, that's the best because from the C has all the different ions. So if it's mined, it typically won't have the ions, uh, the, the breadth, the full width of the ions that the, the C has. So um, <laughs> crazy activity in Tampa Bay, Florida. So you're getting constant activations in Florida, that's for sure. What a wonderful state that is. Um, hello, fellow geophysicists. Hello, hello. Um, and... Any development EMFs? Yes, um, I will keep you up to date. Uh, just, I think I need to create a lot more content on this, but just a lot of people look at the Schumann resonances and space weather, and those certainly have effects on the human body that's been shown. Uh, thanks, Miss Anonymous. Uh, we need more people like you too. But what's the bigger influence right now, honestly, for being honest, the bigger influence on people's health and wellness is the artificial electromagnetic radiation from the power grid and from cellular signals and from uh, the different military bands and just all the man-made electromagnetic radiation for sure is having a much bigger impact. So I, I think that we're all kind of like camels with straw and sticks and everything loaded up on our backs and it's that change in the natural electromagnetic fields that's the straw that breaks the camel's back. But it is all the other stuff loaded on that is that huge background stressor that's causing uh, the majority of problems. And that's why earthing feels so good. That's why going out and camping feels so good. That's why when I was just in Iceland, it feels so good because there is no radiation there, just the good old natural energies. So uh, that's honestly what needs to be pushed against. And people have been pushing about against that for, well, since the beginning. But, for example, Robert Becker wrote a really good book um, called, uh, oh, I'm blanking on it right now, uh, the, the Body Electric. And in his final two chapters, he talks about this. And they had all this data back in the 70s and 80s about the harmful effects of electromagnetic radiation at these energy levels that are used in regards to cancer and chronic disease and energy metabolism, and they just got completely shut down, and so they know this stuff. For example, uh, Apple just released, or they're releasing their new headset. You know, it straps right onto your face, right next to your brain, contains a Wi-Fi chip, all the electronics. They know that like causes health problems. There's clear like studies showing um, tumors caused by cell phones, by people that put their cell phone next to the ear for too long. So they know this stuff, and they're still willfully uh, doing this. So that's the bigger problem. That's what really we need to push against, I feel like, uh, and how, how we do that. I, I think the first step is just to take personal sovereignty over your environment and to go places where it's better, but not everyone can do that, and we really need to push back on that, but that's all I can really uh, say at this point. Um, Use salt water in a big basin to manifest more energy into the universe. Oh, yeah, that's great. You could also infuse your bath water, for example. Take a bath and infuse your bath water with energy and information and use that to imprint your body in your morphogenetic field. I have so I've done some manifestations that way, which felt really, really good. Um, and that's a very powerful way you can do that. Throw some crystals in there, etc. Um, the magnetic north pole is now on 40 degrees. What happens now? Well, uh, I think his name is Magstar. Let me talk about that a little bit. The magnetic field has different ways of being measured. You have all the different 
uh, observation stations from the surface of the Earth. And then you also have the satellite magnetometers that can measure the magnetic field. But they're measuring the declination, the inclination. The only way to measure where the actual magnetic pole is, like the, the exact magnetic pole where the magnetic field is going vertical into the Earth, is to take a magnetometer and to stand there. What's up, Electric Tau? Is to stand there and to find that field reading that goes to complete vertical. And the last time that was done was in 2007 because it's quite difficult because right now it's over the Arctic Ocean, so you have the boat moving, and it, you have to go to the right area to find it, and then you have to make sure your magnetometer doesn't have uh, interference like you would have like from a big you know, electromagnetic ship, for example. So the last measurement on the magnetic pole was done in 2007, Every measurement and extrapolation that's been done since then is based on the global magnetic observatories, and that's based on a model. So that is not a direct measurement. That's a model, and the model's been getting better, but it's a model. So it is not exactly precise. We don't know exactly where the magnetic north pole is and how that's moving and changing. Uh, also, there's evidence uh, that the magnetic pole has two different uh, what they call flux lobes, areas of higher magnetic density it likes to move in between. One's in Canada, one's in Siberia. So it may just be moving to its other dominant position because there's been some movement at the core mantle boundary of the magnetic field. Um, but that is going a little bit beyond your question. What happens now? I think the magnetic field just keeps moving uh, towards Siberia and I, I think the evidence is strong that it will uh, slow down and stop in Siberia. I don't think we're due for uh, an ex you know, uh, um, a magnetic flip. Um, you know, perhaps an excursion. They happen. So it's hard to say. No one knows. Anyone that tells you that they know what's happening, uh, they, you know, apply some critical thinking. I don't know what's happening. I think it's likely that the magnetic pole goes to Siberia and then hits that flux lobe. That's what the, uh, the research, uh, good research shows. But we don't know. So, um, just looking through, uh, how far in has the ionosphere come now? Well, it changes every day. Um, so the the ions the atmosphere when the sun passes overhead uh, gets ionized at a lower um, altitude. So you have the ionosphere come in to about. Uh, 50, 60 kilometers during the day, and then at night it expands out to about 100 kilometers. So during an extreme space weather event, that ionosphere could come in closer to the Earth, and that would alter the Schumann resonances, the, the powers, the frequencies, just a little bit. Um, but it's not necessarily permanently getting closer to the Earth. It just has its normal diurnal 24-hour variations and then also extreme space weather events. Let's say like a, um, a Carrington event was to occur. Some massive flare was to hit the Earth. That would bring the ionosphere in um, to some degree. How much? We don't know, but it would be uh, it would be we would <laughs> it would be a, a pretty epic event, I think. So definitely definitely uh, we're watching the sun closely for that type of stuff. We actually had a mega flare like that back in I think it was February or March, one of those two months, but it was directly Earth opposite, like directly Earth opposite. Um, so yeah, very very interesting. Uh, and, and yeah, Lynn, I mean, there's certainly some interesting electromagnetic phenomenon happening right now. It's not like the magnetic pole isn't moving. 
uh, there was a period of time where it was moving very, very little. Uh, and now it is in a period of acceleration. So there is certainly some interesting electromagnetic changes happening on our Earth. Um, and yeah, it has passed over like the geographic north pole axis. So it is now on the other side. Um, so yeah, there's some interesting stuff happening. And uh, what a kind of a blessing to be here on the Earth at that time, at this time. Um, so with that, I think I'm going to close this up. Thank you all so much for watching. I don't know how long this live stream has been, but I hope you found this all useful. I know that this uh, this data here is like <laughs> insanely wild, unlike anything we've ever seen before. Uh, and we don't know when it's going to stop. It just keeps going. I expected this to stop actually pretty quickly after I made my post because uh, I figured this is just like a, a fairly transient thing, but it seems to keep going. Um, and actually, if we look at this, this is data from when the website was down, actually. So this is all data that was collected when the website was down. So yeah, I don't know what's happening. I'll keep you all praised. If you want to be up to date and live on everything Schumann, then just subscribe to my channel, enable notifications, uh, like the video, makes it show up in your feed more uh, if you want that. Uh, and I will do my best. I'm on call right now. That's what. I, that's how I feel with this type of... Um, with these energies and everything, uh, space weather events that I'm on call. So it's 12.04 a.m. here in Warsaw, Poland. Uh, but I knew you all wanted a video. Thank you all for commenting and saying, when are you going to make the video? When are you going to make the video? Because I was not planning on making a video on this. I had my community post that I made, but I guess that didn't see enough eyeballs, and I think this will see more. So I hope that I educated some new people on the Schumann Residences and spiked your curiosity a little bit. I think it's good to be curious about the world and to not think you uh, know everything and just go into things with an open mind, uh, open eyes. And um, yeah, thank you all so much for joining and I'll see you all in the next video. And again, remember, if you haven't already, please, please, please watch this video. It can change your life. That's at least how I feel. That's why I went to Iceland and that trip confirmed it for me. So yeah. Link in the video description. Um, bless you all. Much love. And I'll see you on the next one.